New Orleans 2012. Bruce Cachera drove to an address someone had given him that didn't exist. Standing in the parking lot where the address should have been, he was shot and killed. Questions around his murder have been met with silence. But this story is about more than violent crime. It's about motive and a series of events that have never been fully investigated until now. Binge Counterclock, Season 5. Welcome to the Center Clueless Podcast, podcast that takes a day-by-day approach to politics. I'm Billy Ray Bruton. I'm Eric Sirwell. What's going on, Mr. Billy Ray? Well, you know, I just got through eating my grapes, and I'm <laughs> drinking my coffee, so right. it's, uh, it's an unusual breakfast here this morning. Usually I have something more substantive than grapes, but I woke up craving grapes, so what are you going right. to do? Right. Looking By the way, so looking forward to our future success, <laughs> where we're monetized on several <laughs> channels. Could you do me a favor? Not screw around with any 18-year-olds, okay? Because, man, oof. Uh, or, or if you're in England, any 16-year-olds, okay? Because uh, Well, the problem our- with that is, is that that's, that's all I go for, right? Is, 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 you know, children. So Russell Brand is getting assaulted. Well, how dare, you, how dare you bury the lead? We're not even at oh, wait. Cancel oh, shit. Corner yet. No, no, I, di- I didn't know that that... We're see, not because- even at Cancel Corner yet. So, so everybody understands, oh. I don't know the Cancel Corner subjects. Apparently, I've stepped on the big toes. So I will you just, save my you comments for You just stepped on a landmine. Just a <laughs> landmine. Now the, now the mystery is gone. It just goes to show not only do we agree, we're also programming the show right, even in our stupid heads. That's right. right. Uh, but you know, take it I away, mean, sir. Yours, it's all yours. Go ahead. Sir. Look, look now. I mean, we're kicking off with Cancel Corner anyway, so there's no reason we can't go ahead and dive into it. This is a UK focused Cancel Corner. We've got one that is one that's actually trying to happen, and one that is so goddamn ridiculous that I just <laughs> had to include it. So why don't we start out with Russell Brand? And uh, let me just say, as I reach for something to wipe up the coffee I just spilled, you're here. You're seeing how the sausage gets made, everybody. Yeah. Um, it's but called no. the Sausage It's Made podcast. But so let me start by this, because I think from my, from my perspective, this is important. I have always loathed Russell Brand. <laughs> You're and in this, that camp? And, and look, and I am, not, I am not a medium. I am not a psychic. I am not yeah. a fortune yeah. teller. Right. But I have been saying since I first saw him in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, yeah. this guy is a creep. You can tell he's a creep. This guy is a creep. I don't want anything to do with it. I've been saying it for over a decade. So when this came out, I was probably the least surprised person in the world. I was like, this makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, is, isn't it isn't it confirming your bias then? Is that all that is? It is confirming my bias, but it's also confirming this idea that anybody who is out there trying to be as woke as Russell Brand was in certain ways. Yeah, but he also took it. He also went off the deep edge. But They're going. hiding something. They're hiding. Well, okay, so hold on. Something. He didn't really hide it. You know, it's funny. As someone made this point <clears throat> in a thread on Twitter where they were like grabbing clips of him being an absolute lech in, yeah. in public. But there's the unwritten rule and by the way, so many people may get mad at me for this, and I apologize ahead, but here we go. 
Whereas it's sexual harassment if you don't want the attention, but it's totally fine if you do. And if there's something that was universal through almost all of the clips that this person was posting to try to make them look bad, is that the women on the receiving end were giggling and in many cases leaning in. Okay, so look, I understand that some women feel uncomfortable and they pull away. Great. And you would, I assert you would see that they're either being super neutral, right? Or they're kind of, no, there, there were women leaning into it on news shows. And he was saying insane shit, dude, right? Like, well, like, well, like sure. He says to Joy Behar, he'd, he'd have well, her out yeah, of her but, talkings in a minute. Some shit like that. Like well, just let's be crazy. clear. Bill Cosby didn't drug and rape every woman he knew. Right, right, but Bill Cosby didn't play right. the part of an of a hypersexual right. lurch like that. Whereas well, that was his no, but, but that's not. Years ago. But that's not. That has no. Ba- like that's not an excuse. Oh no, no, hold it, on. I'm not, not making excuses. It, no, no, I'm not why is not anybody's? Not only is but why it's is also not, but it's also not indicative of like just because a few women are okay with it. Yeah. No, no, no I totally agree. No, yeah. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that what I never saw. <clears throat> And to be fair, I wasn't a big Russell Brand fan either, and I didn't really seek out his content. Yeah, but he's existed longer, right? He's been around quite some time, right? Like he only really became popular after forgetting Sarah Marshall in the. And what year was that? Um, Mr. Movie, two thousand eight. Okay, okay. So come on, two thousand eight was fifteen years ago. Mm -hmm. He was around for about eight years before that, right? Not that he was on my radar. I'd never heard of him until I don't think most Americans were that familiar with Russell Brand before. That right, day. but he was, but he was a working comedian in England. Sure. I'm saying that I'm saying, and, and here, what is the point I'm trying to make here? And I apologize, I'm, I'm being inexact. Is for me, part of this feels manufactured because it's been laying there for years. So here's my point: is I know that there's going to be tons and tons of video laying around. Are we really just going to go from? douchebag to douchebag to douchebag because here's what it feels like it feels like someone generated a story right they're now grinding them down i would i'm going to say right now i think he probably did something wrong <laughs> right like i i'm pretty yeah. sure that the bomb is coming okay but that's my opinion i don't have any external evidence to that i'm not like my sister doesn't work for the lawyer who's you know none of that yeah, yeah. right I'm saying that it's my feeling about this. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. YouTube, I, for, for YouTube to demonetize <laughs> him without a single charge is well, ridiculous. That, they have, well, that's they a have whole a, other. They have, they have like, a, they have professed child, not molesters, <laughs> but people that profess their attraction to children still on YouTube just because they're, it's crazy that well, it points out YouTube's bullshit. Sort well, of. That's a whole different, and that's a whole different conversation, right? So just, okay. and we'll go right into that conversation. Right, cool. the first conversation there's, there's my point. There's my point. I think he's probably yeah. guilty. We need to wait till someone actually charges yeah. him before we start taking his shit away. Okay? Well, agree. So, well, then the first part of that is, is like we talked about, like it sounds manufactured. It's like, yeah, I get that. But I'm also like, journalism has been taking high profile people down for 50, for decades, like right. decades. Right. The only difference is, for is that for a long shit. For a long time, it was just politicians that they cared about taking Yeah, but was it such simple shit, okay? Like with Gary Hart. Let's take an example. I I don't think this is simple shit with Russell Brand. I don't think it's simple shit. No, no, no. No, okay, so I apologize. Yes, this is possibly, likely, a very big deal. But there's a lot of people that have been hit, like, 
what was the comedian's name? The my brain's not working. The Indian dude, what was his name? And sorry, is he Indian? Am I fucking oh, up? Oh here? yeah, Z's on sorry. Yeah, yeah, dude, that was nothing. I agree. and to be fair, and to be fair, what I'm trying to say is, is that I think that we need to get back to the spot to where we make a criminal charge, then we blow up the water. The now, difference, fair, though, in that is the difference in that is though it's the difference between a newspaper publication taking someone down and yeah. just people who have been abused or feel like they've been wrong taking someone down. There's okay, a difference fair. there. There sure. is a difference yes. there. Yes. The news, you know, newspapers and journalism have been doing this for a very long time. They've just switched their focus from politicians to celebrities because that's mm -hmm. kind of what's in, you know, the water right now. And so this doesn't strike me as bizarre in any way, straight or form. They probably got a tip or two that Russell Brand had been doing some shady shit. And they were like, okay, yeah. well, we got to investigate this. And so I'm sure they pulled some stuff up. Like journalism isn't as dead as we all make it out to be. There actually is really good journalism happening yeah, out there. It's just sometimes so. it's just sometimes focusing on the wrong shit, which kind of takes us into. So so I, all that to say is like, I don't necessarily think it was manufactured. I think they just finally were able to bring something up that has probably been percolating for a while. We don't even know how long they've been working on this story. Right. They could sure. have been working on this story for a long time. That said. It is absolutely ridiculous even though i think he's guilty i've always thought he's a creep i just and i prefaced the beginning of this because yeah. i knew we were going here even though i think he's a creep even though i think he probably did everything he's accused of motherfucker is still entitled to his day in court and until he gets his day in court he's as innocent as i am and right. so like the fact that youtube <clears throat> is demonetizing him you've got this like whole like mechanism in place to like take away his ability to make money and ruin his career it's like he's innocent right now leave him the fuck alone well he's actually what's interesting is is in the american system he's in, he's innocent uh there are different rights in the, oh, in yeah. the british system and <clears throat> excuse me i think that that's part of what we're seeing is it was the british government yeah that contacted youtube and then the when when they contacted rumble who who published the letter What's crazy is, is that there are groups now going after Rumble, and Rumble's lost three major. I think one of them was here. Sure. I'm sorry to the everybody out there. I didn't know if we were talking about brand or not, so I would have gotten the name. But some big, big, like, you know, marquee advertisers have walked, and it's just like, you know, I, I, I just, I, okay. If we want to keep doing that, okay. But what I think this is, and, and, and I'm going to get a little esoteric just for a second, then I'll walk away from it. I think that this is all, all of this mess, and I mean everything in society, is because we got it so good. <laughs> we just well, we got it so good. Every, look, generally, in the Western world where most of my space is, to be honest, I'm not talking about it. Really? This is like when we were going, I don't know. I, 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 I think that people... And I think the society has become civil enough that we're now going back and we're we're looking at stuff 10, 15, 20 years ago. We're relitigating it now in this new lens. And I have nothing wrong, for the most part, with the new lens. But if it's going to be used as a cudgel against other people, I mean, okay. What will happen is, is as social power mm -hmm. rises and wanes amongst political classes, amongst various social identities – People are going to engage in social warfare, and I'm asserting that eventually it will spill over into actual warfare. I'm not saying that we shouldn't express ourselves because we're going to get hurt. I'm saying that mind the language and the assertions you're making and mind the order you make them in, or it's going to get used against you.
And that's how it's going to go. I mean, look, I'll say this. Brand One Touched, when he was espousing the whole left, far left, critical social justice framework, the second he went into crazy town. Yeah. Now he's open for this attack. It's, okay. I just think that this is one of those things where, yeah, where there's two sides that everybody's trying to get everybody into. I know because my right wing friends do it to me. To, you know, Eric, you really are a conservative. My left wing, it's just enough. Stop. You know, it's just crazy. Yeah. Sorry. Look, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that the reasons for him being in the position he's in are noble, but I don't think that they're bad. Like, he's I don't probably think, at fault. Yeah. He's at fault. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think it's ever too late to, you know, to take down someone who's done horrible things. But there is a process by which we deduce whether or not they actually did those horrible things. And if they did do those horrible things, throw the book at them. If they didn't do those horrible things, well, you've ruined their fucking career. Right. And like, because let's be clear, let's say that in two weeks from now, it, it comes out, it is all bullshit, right? It right. Is, he didn't do it, like blah, blah, blah. Well, his career is still taking a pretty mighty hit. Right. And probably never going to recover from it, regardless of how well he does. He's never going to recover from it. Yeah, no, and the, the, so, the, the cash train is over. Go ahead. And so it's like, you know, I think he probably did it. I don't know. I'm not a fucking investigator or prosecutor. I can't say. All I've had is a gut feeling that the motherfucker was a creep. And so, but creep can manifest itself in a lot of different ways outside of raping and sexually assaulting someone, right? right. Like, right. you can be a creep and not do those things. So I don't know. All I know is I'm going to reserve my full judgment, even though I can't stand the guy, until I've seen some, like, like a great example being, like, the Danny Masterson thing. You read those witnesses' statements, and you just knew there was truth in it. Show yeah. me something like that with Russell Brand. Yeah. And, sure. and I'm on and I'm on. I'm on board entirely right. with it. Right. And by the way, in much the same way Master you know, Masterson's uh accusers did, if the if if the woman or women that are complaining about Brandon, and this is outside of the 16-year-old who apparently had, first off, again, not defending this whatsoever, it was within their age of consent in England, right? The mother knew about it. I'm not even talking about that. All right, because outside of the legal rules there, there's probably some ethical shit you should talk about. Like any of you fathers with daughters, would you want your daughter being dropped off to Russell Brand's house, you know, for you know, to get to get laid, right? You know. So that being said, outside of that, if the women who he purportedly raped had done the same things that these women in the Masterson case had done, reported it then, tried to get stuff done, were rebuffed for some reason, uh, lost their shit over it, something. And then got it together later, well, then he's about to get rolled over because that type of testimony with evidentiary backup like that, you know, with stuff that's yeah. in the past, is 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 it's good in court, meaning it has weight Whoa. in court. Oh yeah. I mean, literally, what takes it from being circumstantial to not is not you having had something happen to you, but as soon as it happened, you told someone. Or you told two people. Absolutely. Or you told three people like that's um, that's damning right. evidence, because right. if you told somebody 15 years ago, but still haven't done anything and now you're doing something, you still got that credibility because you did right. say something 15 years ago. Right. So it's like it's not out of the blue. And like so it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. I know we will because I can't stand that motherfucker. <laughs> um, 
But let's segue into another Brit. And let me just be, let me preface this by saying, this isn't really a cancel thing. I, I, I can tell that it was put out there with the intention of getting people pissed off. And I'm sure it did piss a few people off. I think it's ludicrous. So one of the greatest actors of all time, Michael Caine, had a, oh, I, haven't, had, I haven't heard this. Had this bullshit variety article put out yesterday trying to get him in trouble, all about him making a comment that he doesn't believe in intimacy coordinators. And the comment that he made was, is like, back when we used to do it, we would just kiss and get it all over with. And so he was being Wait, pretty- an intimacy coordinator in a movie? They have that? Oh, that's huge these days. They've had it for uh, several years now. You have intimacy coordinators when you're having like the int- romantic Wait, wait, scenes. is it- because I'm, I'm going to say something crass. They Are try you to make they try to they try to make it less uncomfortable for people like involved in these intimate situations. They go through so like some, an emotion, like an emotional fluffer, a, a bit essentially, yeah, and about how to okay. do the scene without being too like intimate or things like that. how to make it look intimate without it being too intimate, right? And so yeah. it's kind of hard to do in some scenes, right? Like, I mean, well, sure, but they, I mean. Most major films now have intimacy coordinators. It's it's like yeah. a new role, so it's like a big thing now. And all he was and, saying was is that he doesn't agree. Blah blah blah. Look, you can have a whole argument about whether you need them or not. This guy's ninety years old. He's ninety years old. I think we can forgive him. Maybe not wanting to use an intimacy coordinator. A, he's not doing sex scenes at this age anyway. Also, he comes from a very different time where you did not have intimacy coordinators. You just did your shit, you got your paycheck, and you moved on. Wait, wait, so, so there's a there's an actor that said something very funny, and I believe it was in the 50s. I could be slaughtering this, and I'm going to depend on you, Mr. Movie Guy, to clear me up. And he made the comment to his leading lady as he got in there. He goes, I want to apologize if I have an erection, and I also want to apologize if I don't have an erection. It's a funny line, but yeah. that's kind of like how it was dealt with, right? And so I don't know. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I, I don't well, know. sure, sure. And it's like, and so it was just this thing. He's not being canceled. Michael Caine ain't going to get canceled. But just like, it was just so funny that they felt the need to write a whole fucking article about this <laughs> 90-year-old guy that is pretty universally beloved. Making a comment that he doesn't believe in intimacy coordinators. It's like, <laughs> of course he doesn't. He's 90 years old. If he extra, did believe in them, that would be the surprise. Extra, extra old man believes old man shit. I know. Extra, oh, extra, extra old man says, get off my lawn. Well, you're an old man. I expect you to feel that way. Like, that's okay. Oh. And look, I don't necessarily know if I think intimacy coordinators are a great thing either. I've never been in a situation yet to need one. So I'll reserve right. my judgment until I've had to use one and then I can make a judgment. But um, I, I think if it's something that makes people feel more comfortable and it's not a bad thing, but like, I think it's just needs to be something that's up to the filmmaker and up to the production. I don't think it has to be, well, you really have should, to have this. Shouldn't it be up to the, look, if an actor or actress needs it legit, I get it, man. If that's what you sure. need, that's what you need. There's also, by the way, I want to say, there's also role choice there. If, yeah. if look, if you look at the script, okay, like it's funny because I try, I try to watch shows on you know on on tv and there's so much crap out there now uh, and there's a show out there called power right and i tried to watch yeah. a couple of there episodes are several of it. several different versions of that series too yeah it's yeah got like, right yeah but there is something that is common and that is their sex scenes are soft core okay yeah they're just soft core porn let's be honest and 
to be fair, I don't, I can't even, I can't stay with the, that series because they're, but the point of that is, is there's no intimacy coordinator that's making that more comfortable for someone if they don't want to do that role. And if you don't want to do scenes like that, you shouldn't be taking a role in power because you're going to be writing multiple men or at least writing the same guy in multiple scenes for the next three years. So well, I guess well, I guess the, the difference is that some people don't really have the luxury of turning down roles as easily as others, right? If well, you're a young true. if you're if you're a fledgling actor and you get your big break and they're like, Hey, we want you for this recurring role on power, yeah. like that you've got to do these sex scenes. I mean, you're gonna take you're not gonna turn that down. Why not? If because you don't want to do sex broke, scenes, because if you're a broke, starving actor trying to get ahead, like this goes into the whole mm. like power dynamic of like people like Weinstein and stuff. Like you'll do things that you maybe wouldn't want to do because you need the job. You wouldn't. Hold on. I'm going to do to you what I do to many of my friends, and I'm not mad at you, but I get just crazy with this. And again, I know why you're making. I, and you're a nice guy. You're a good. You're a great man. Okay. You would never fucking do that. If you didn't want to do a scene, I don't, you wouldn't do the scene. If I was 22 years old yeah. and I didn't have a job and needed a job to survive, I can't tell you I wouldn't do it. You've been desperate since I've known you. Not you got, you got a like, desperate not period. as an actor. That's a very different thing. Oh. It is. I'm sorry. It is absolutely uh. a different thing. If I was an actor and I was in my early 20s and I hadn't had a break yet and I was at the bottom of my, or the end of my rope and someone offered me that, I, like right. most people, would take it. Well, hold on. Sure. Except, Probably so. No, no, yeah, no, but, but, the, but I th I'm going to assert to you that the important part of what you just said was all of the buildup. I'm just going to say it again, and I'm using you as an example now because I, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're lying when you just said that to me. I'm not. I know you're not. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to say that you're lying, but what you're leaving out is the amount and the responsible moves you made before that. So the reason, Billy Ray, very much so, maybe one break in your life outside of that, and it wasn't really a break, you've built everything you got. And you didn't compromise. And I love you, man. I hadn't built shit a when I was 22. Yeah, but I you hadn't still, built shit. And you went on and built shit. That doesn't matter, though. You and you didn't compromise the, yourself. You have to have the platform. Oh, I shit. don't. Look, look, look. Don't, I, motherfucker I, I, builds. Motherfucker helps build no, no, theater no, in Birmingham no, 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 himself. No, 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 no. Let's be clear. I have compromised myself many times. Wait, compromise? Hold on. Hold on. What do you mean? Many times. To the tune to where you would do you would you would so something as insane as doing a, a sex scene flesh to the flesh to the point to the point where I I don't feel comfortable talking about them on this podcast. Well, okay, so hold like I have compromised no, myself no. multiple times. No, hold on. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like I have. Okay. Look, look, I've done a lot of awesome things that I'm very proud of. I've done some shitty things too that I'm not proud of, and. That is all par for the course. And yeah, but, so, but, but is so it all the I'm fault of is, someone power-wise? That's what I'm trying to say. Is it the fault of someone power-wise? No, it's all my right. fault. Right, it, right. That's, okay, got it. Got it. But but that's that and and that's fine. But what I'm but that's not the question. The question was is like, know. would I do that? And if I'm in that same position, probably so. Like okay. acting is a very different thing. Like the, the way an actor thinks, the way that industry works, it's all totally different. Like the 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 Hollywood doesn't work the way it works for me, like running a theater 
or like running a hypnotherapy clinic or working, you know, doing IT. It's a very different thing. Right. I, I, I just don't believe that the discomfort, I'm not saying that you didn't do things that you wouldn't back up, or, you know, that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't want to pull out of reality if you could. Absolutely, I have. But I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm banging, to be honest, I'm banging a dead horse here. Yeah. I don't think that we can justify Look, Matt, I had, a, I had, a, I had a, a very high up executive at a job years ago come to me and ask me to do something that was ridiculously illegal. Sure. And I was like, no. Well, Eric, I don't know if we can continue to employ you. And you know, I, mean, I, said, I said, first off, you're out of your mind. Like, if I go to your boss with this, it's like, well, why don't you? It was like a, it was like a bull, to be fair, a bullshit. Ironically, it was a Hollywood power play. I'm not going to say where I was working, but. It was Hollywood adjacent. So I get it, what you're saying, but I, you know, I, I, well, I don't know. Here's, I, here's, 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 the, here's the difference, right? I had, a, I had a, a very similar situation at the last job that I had. It was a programming job in film. And I was asked to do something, to continue doing something that was illegal. And that could yeah. have gotten me and them into a lot of trouble. Right. And I think I remember I, this too, by the way. Yep. You told me about and this. I'm not going to name names because I do love right. the people who run this organization. But like, right. I was like, I, I'm not going to do this. I was like, this could get me in trouble personally. It could get you in trouble as an organization. Right. And at that point when I did that, that was when my slow exodus began because I knew like, that I couldn't keep doing that and they weren't going to stop doing it. So I knew I was going to have to get out of there. Right. And so, but that was three, four years ago, I'm a very different person now than I was when I was 22. And a sure. good difference is like, you look at a movie like Last pa Last Tango in Paris, which is the Bertolucci film from 1973. Yeah, I know what it is, yeah. And very, 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 very famous for the fact that the woman in that film, Maria Schneider, uh, was basically, I mean, basically as close to have been raped as possible by a yeah, filmmaker. She, she, she wasn't necessarily uh, wanting to do any of those scenes. I, and I, read I, about I guarantee you, 30 years later, she would have advocated for herself and said no. But this was 1973. It was her one of her first big roles. You've got Bernardo Bertolucci directing. You're in a movie with Marlon fucking Brando. Brando I don't care mm -hmm. how strong you are. You're not going to say no. Yeah. I you're mean, not yeah. going to say no. Like, you're going to say yes. And, like, you know, we change a lot. And, like, things that we – I don't even know if this woman uh, – you know, or if, I don't know if, uh, uh, like, someone who, like, needs an intimacy coordinator, you know, for one film, they may not need it, you know, 10 years before, 10 years later. It's just a thing. It's like you just don't know. And, like, I think it's – I don't think it's a bad option to have out there. I just think it needs to be – uh, I, I don't think it needs to be just a hard and fast rule. It doesn't need to be every production has to have one. It needs to be the production needs to figure out what's best for its own production. Right. And if it's an intimacy coordinator, awesome. If it's not and they want to do it the old school way, that's fine. Then it's on them if something happens that's uncomfortable. But like you have that option. And I don't know that I would use an intim intimacy coordinator if I had the option. I don't know. I might. I might not. It would depend yeah. on what my actors needed. But I might. I might use it. Yeah. No, I, I, my brain's gone now gone down the road of like, <clears throat> there's not one, there's hundreds of stories about um, directors or producers or director, producers, you know, the, the filmmakers yeah. 
not being really clear and upfront with their actors about what was going to oh, happen. Sure. And so that's always been ethically fraught. As an example, I think it wasn't a boy. It was a boys in the hood where the director, you know, during the scene where there was a shootout, he actually shot a gun off without telling him oh, he was going to do it and filmed the re reaction of the crowd as the gun went off. Yeah. In the, so, and I thought at the time, I'm like, man, I might be kind of pissed at that. And so I think that there may be, like I, I could, I can understand how the changing sort of zeitgeist in that space, you know, sort of like this, almost like hyper consent, which I don't mind, right? By the way, well, it's all, it's but, also, it's also protecting filmmakers to some degree, right? Because if you're a filmmaker, then you're not going to get jabbed for like that kind of thing. It's going to be like, well, we had an intimacy coordinator, right? And so it's, right. it's all, it's, it's kind of a way to protect yourself as a filmmaker too, so then you don't have to take the blame for it. Um, well, so let's move out of cancel corner and we're going to tiptoe over a couple of feet and talk about a couple of folks who've been in the news lately. Um, Eric, why don't you kick us off with your old buddy Menendez and no, I don't mean the murdering brothers. Yeah. I mean, so Bob Menendez and his wife, three businessmen involved, all indicted on uh, bribery charges, um, yep. last week. And what's crazy for me is <clears throat> didn't, didn't there was a hung jury before, right? When they just did this with him last. Yeah. And now the jury's, you know, the, the, I mean, I think that the evidence in this particular case is much stronger, right? Like what you got going with Menendez is he had several hundred thousand, at least I've read in several sources, several hundred thousand dollars of gold bars lying around the house. Just like, I mean, talk about not thinking right so this is so there's also a certain level of uh you know hubris going on here probably because he uh you know slipped past his last you know uh, uh, uh indictment and here he is again um his wife's involved they they one of the one of the one of the individuals that, that was bribing them was the country of egypt i mean the reality is is if the democratic party was smart on this in my opinion they would tell him to go down. I mean, Fetterman came out, I think, this weekend, maybe even this morning, saying that he should step down. Maybe it was yesterday. Um, he should step down. You know, what's crazy, though, is the other thing I'm getting now is I have a lot of people talking about how, like, Thomas should step down, right? Yeah. Or they're trying to compare it to Trump. And it's just like, in the case of Thomas, he has yet to have violated laws, they might find a law that he violated. Sadly, the ethics rules in the Supreme Court do not contain adequate boundaries for these justices. And other justices have engaged in a lot of the same behavior, not at the same level or at the same quantity, but it's a problem with the Supreme Court justices. But to compare him, well, I mean, you're, you know, Republicans are calling for Bob Menendez to step down. How about Thomas? It's just like, I, I, and, and that's, Again, part of that sort of just mess that's out there to me now, and I was talking with you earlier about it, I'm just politically depressed because it's clear that Menendez should step down because sure. there's obvious and clear evidence that he broke well, the law. Well, what I've been hearing is, is like, oh, well, Menendez has got convicted, but the Texas AG got away scot-free and didn't get in bed. It's like, right. well, one, th one took place in a court of law, one took place yes. in Congress, two very different things, but right. also like, Yes, the Texas AG was clearly guilty and still got off. That happens sometimes. Menendez right. is also clearly guilty 
Maybe let's not let him off, too. We can still put one in jail if we can't get both. Right. And, and, and then the question you have to ask yourself is, why did they use a political, a polit- the political method to go after the AG of Texas when there's perfectly good laws there for them to use? And yeah. you can't tell me it's because you don't think Republicans are going to convict. Because you and I both know, we've done this now several times, Republicans will convict if the law is clear. And well, so, and also, and also, like, let's be clear, he's not out of the woods, that Texas no, AG. Right. He's not out of the woods. He no. might have escaped impeachment. He's still going to get in some right. charges brought against I, him. I guarantee you, if he's done anything that contains some type of federal oversight, he's in trouble. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, no, absolutely. Of course, from the Biden White House, you know, but aside from that, right, he's he's in trouble. Um, yeah. So it's I, just funny. Back to, go ahead. It's just funny. It just makes me think of we had this. We had a mayor in Birmingham while I was there named Larry Lankford. Yeah. And Larry Lankford was a character. Like, so, so I mean, in good ways and bad ways. Larry Lankford said he was going to bring the Olympics to Birmingham. He said he was going to get beluga whales at the zoo. He said he was going to build fountains in every uh, area of Birmingham. He wanted new fountains. He like like he just had these big, insane, crazy, expensive ideas for the city. He was kind of a madman in a lot right, of ways. Right. Like th- I remember, there was one point where he he gave all of the city council members small ceramic unicorns, uh, which was it, it was it was like a slap in the face because of something some city councilwoman had done. Like he was just a crazy dude. He ended up going right. to jail. Uh, because he was just doing all sorts of ridiculous shit. Like he was, he was taking bribes for county bond businesses. There were these stories about he would walk into the most uh, expensive suit store in Birmingham. He oh, would walk. Right. He would walk yes. in. He would. He would walk in, and like someone would be taking care of them. He would come out with like twenty suits in his arms. He would hand somebody a check. They would hand it back to him, and he would leave. Right. And it was like, so it you was told like, me he about was, this. You told he was me about clearly this. a criminal, clearly yeah. a fucking criminal. But, and he went to jail and he went to jail and he did his time. And that's what happens. Right. I thought he was hysterical. And he actually, in hindsight, you look back, he actually, actually did do a lot of good things for the city. He started a lot of things that did actually come to fruition that have helped right. the city, but he needed to go to jail as much yeah. as I liked him. And as funny as he was, he needed to go to jail. And like, so does Menendez. I don't think he needs to be there for the rest of his fucking life, but he needs to be there and actually be punished for what he did, which was clearly, clearly breaking the law. Right. So, so listen to this. The charges include conspiracy to commit bribery, conspiracy to commit honest services fraud, and conspiracy to commit extortion under the color of official right. The, bri- the bribes the couple received included cash, gold bars, payments towards a home mortgage, compensation for a low or no-show job, luxury vehicle, and other items of value. What, that, what you can see there is all of these things can either be physically proven, like the freaking gold bar sitting in his front room when the feds come in, yeah. right? The all of this, all of the transactions that have any type of—I mean, there's no way to hide that, really. I'm not saying no. there isn't any way, but not at his level, right? Well, no, you've got to be hiding that shit before you even get it, right? Like and, you've got to already yeah. have that mechanism in place. He clearly did not. He clearly did not understand how badly he needed to hide this shit. 
Right, right. By the way, there, you, you, there's, there's an ocean of people out there that think that people just get away with corruption all the time. As an example, um, this is uh, uh, the, the aside. You'll understand the aside in a second. Uh, Cisco bought this company Slack, uh, uh, Slack last week, and oh. someone had done a like a like a call, like a margin call, and they made nine million dollars or six million dollars when they. And so yeah. people are like, oh, they're just going to get away with it. No, what's actually going on right now is that person is being investigated for yep. any connection <laughs> to Cisco corporate, to a consultant, to a vendor. And if they find it, you're cooked. You're cooked. Yep. The person that helped you with it is cooked. The whole train is cooked. And they're likely going to get caught in the same space. This guy is so cooked. You're cooked. Yeah. Yeah. And instead, he's going to write it out and <clears throat> already is courting. Look, the very first thing that's going to happen is if the Democratic Party pushes Menendez, you know what he's going to do? He's going to switch parties. Oh, sure. And the Republicans have already laid a landing pad for him. Many Republican lawmakers and pundits coming out and saying, you know, that he's that they're trying to silence him. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. it's it's this it, the, the way that politics and, and and making everything into a political football has come into the game now. It, it's just crazy to me. I don't know. I don't know, and again, by the way, this is this is the thing where I'm I'm getting politically depressed because he, because he holds the balance of the Senate. Yeah. Right. If the Democrats push too hard and he switches to Republican, we lose control of the Senate. So the Democrats are staying shut up. That's weird, and I'm sorry. It's, just it's just broken, broken. The whole thing's fucking. Well, speaking of uh, other politicians, uh, let's uh, before we go to our break, let's dive into the wonderful wild world of Gavin Newsom. Yeah, well, yeah, well, so Newsom, uh, actually, uh, I think it was Friday that he did it. Maybe it was earlier. Newsom went ahead and vetoed not one, not two, but three bills that were way high up on the progressive side of the party in California's list. Um the trio of items was uh, – oops, hold on. I'm looking at my notes. Okay, the first one um, was he he vetoed AB – brain's not working – AB 957. For me, this was kind of a scary one because – not because my daughter is uh, – is 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 um, expressing that she's a, a boy instead of a girl. But yeah. any family whose child was struggling with gender identity, if they didn't by default, affirm that that fact could be used against them, not only in a divorce proceeding, but in yeah. a social in a social service uh, interaction. And what's crazy is is I cannot imagine that Lori Wilson, who's the one who introduced it, and it was co-authored by by, by Senator Weiner, right? I can't imagine that they didn't think that there wasn't going to be some blowback from this, especially yeah. and specifically because within within his veto he brings it up he says look the judge is already allowed to assess the level of support that the parents are giving the child yeah and that it would be it would be it would be he didn't agree with the concept of taking this single item and enforcing it yeah. by by law and again the problem the problem that you're going to have if and it's the that's the horseshoe theory that's going on right now you're seeing it on the far right as well Tons of stuff that, that that DeSantis has put in place has been already overturned by some some courts, yeah. right? 
like the, yeah. you know major portions of the of the of, of the so-called don't say gay policy yeah. was overturned in October of 22 it's almost been yeah. a year and it's like so if i think that to be fair for me i it actually put Newsom several rungs up because he was willing to veto something that isn't popular at all right it's not popular at all with the you know, with the progressives and he also vetoed uh, legislation that had to do with restricting uh, driverless trucks because the yeah. Teamsters Union wanted protection. Well, I mean, really? I mean, here's the thing, okay? If, if technology is coming to make something simpler, make something easier, and let's be honest, in the case of long-range trucking, make something safer, okay? Yeah. Are we really going to then use the the, the 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 tools of government to enact what are essentially Luddite policies? I'm not, yeah. I'm, who, I'm not. I'm not there. Right. Just not doing yeah. it. Um, and the other one was uh, what was the what was the third one? The third one didn't get much. Didn't get much press. But uh, where is it? Uh, barring California's prison system from sharing information about incarcerated immigrants. So in that one, actually, I apologize. He absolutely flipped and and did what what you would expect of him. But you know what? I don't mind that. I like I like the yeah. concept of privacy. I don't like the concept of the federal government sticking it, sticking their nose in to state government. So here's my point. What it does for me is it makes Newsom a more viable candidate because he's willing to break with the left of the party. You'd already seen noise like this with him bringing people into San Francisco, bringing the CHP in, bringing the National Guard in to help with the massive mess there. Again, against the best wishes of his really hyper uh, liberal base. And when I say liberal, sure. I mean progressive left. Yeah. So I, I was pretty, yeah. I was pretty surprised. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I was definitely surprised. I, I think I actually, I actually don't have an issue with any of his decisions. I also think that that the fucking thing that he vetoed uh, about the, uh, about the kids, well, that would have opened up a Pandora's box. Oh boy. Like, like it really would have. And I think it sends a powerful message when the governor of maybe the most progressive state in the country vetoes something like that, right? I think that sends a powerful message. And like, right. I, I hope it doesn't send the wrong message. Like, I hope it doesn't send the message that, oh, let's just all start now discriminating against trans people. I hope that's not the message that some of these states get, because that's certainly not what I would want from it. But I do think it's important to say that like these decisions need to be made by the families. The government doesn't need to stick its fucking nose in. Let the families make the decisions. If the judges, if there's a divorce and the judges want to take any of that into the account, they can do that. They're a judge. They can take that into account. But like, like no, just like let the families make the decisions, leave the government out of it. That's it, right. in, in a nutshell. Let now, the families make the yeah, decisions. I, I, have, I have a very cynical little voice in my head that says that Newsom has his hands on inside polling or his not really I'm happening, sure he but does. Actually happening yeah. campaign that says if this moves in this direction, you're going to see this much percentage drop in support for Democrats. And I think that that's where we're getting on this. And the funniest thing is this. I haven't seen, I, I in my life at least, I don't have a single person that doesn't want someone who is above 18 and is transgender 
you know, leading the life they need to leave, meaning getting affirmative surgery, taking affirmative drugs, living a lifestyle uh, under the gender expression that you prefer. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know anybody that doesn't support that. And if we could just say that, right? Like imagine that if you, if you put the question like that, questions like that, you're looking at 68%, 62% support nationwide. The second you stick kids into it, it plummets. And what's worse is the right is then able to use that. They then glom on to really hyper, although it's not really a left-wing expression, but for some reason it's taken hold in the hyper-left, conversations around children should be able to have more sexual agency. Get the hell out of here. And that's being said that children should be able to make decisions with their lives far earlier than 18. I'm sorry. They can barely. I mean, you remember what it was like when you were, we were just talking about how you were at oh, yeah. 22. Do you remember what you were like at 18? Sure. Dude, you would have wanted me to do nothing at 18. And by the way, I'm lucky I'm alive because of some yeah. stupid decisions I made from 18 to 28. Yeah. Damn, that 10 years was rough. I was an asshole. It's interesting. So I was at this uh, this gala a few nights ago here in Seattle for a local organization that we work with, and there was a guy there that we we just met and were talking to, and he was probably in his late forties, maybe early fifties, and he was talking about his child who is non-binary, and yeah. he was talking about he was like, and we were having the discussion because I was really fascinated. He was like, he was like, yeah, it was like she came up to me at five years old and and like just told me. Like, this is not how I feel. This is not who I am. And he was like, she said the same thing at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And he was like, finally, we were like, okay, this isn't changing. This is clearly something that is real. It is not something that this person is, you know, is not. Yeah. And so they allowed them to start going through the process. Right. So real they quick, at five, age. they said, I want to be named. I want to be called they. They Well, the, at five, they came to them and said that they do not feel like a little girl. God. That they don't okay, feel like it. a little girl. I'm down. And I'm so, down that. and that moves up. And then, and, and the way he's got it, he's like, so when they turned 11, or I think or maybe even 12, he was like, we allowed them to start going through the process. I was like, that's the right way to do it. Right. Sure. Right. Like, if your kid comes to you at five and expresses this, well, great. You have that in your mind. You know this is a possibility. Whether she comes back to you at 10 is the question, right? right. Like right. Because a lot well, can change. A lot can change. I, I think we're talking 10 and 15. Oh, no, no. That's what I mean. Yeah. But it's like if, if, they're, if, they're, if this is in their – if this is how they feel for many years in a row, for several years in a row, I think it's safe to say that it's probably a real thing. Does that mean they need to get reassignment surgery? Not necessarily. That's the next step, right? That's a whole other big leap. So yeah, it's like, kind of, I mean, you, I, mean are there, I, have I, to I, just, I, I guess all that is to say is like, it has to be something that takes place in steps. It has to be something where it's like, you have to be able to measure in some way. And right. like, this guy did, I think, their their responsibility as a parent. They didn't just hear this one thing and were like, okay, this is the way we're going to do it. They were like, I need more evidence. I need to hear this more. Like, we need to make sure this is something they, they really want, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it, I'm not saying it's not complicated. It's clearly very complicated. But I don't think there's anything wrong 
with just saying it's up to the families and the doctors and the therapists. And if they all universally come to the decision that this is the right step forward, do it. Right. But it has to have, it has to have those check marks. And if it doesn't, I'm sorry, you got to wait till you're 18. Right. No, I, 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 not only do I think that, but see, what's funny is every long-term story about a child who's been transgendered sounds the same. And it generally leads me to believe that, that that's what I would assert is, God, this is, I I realize I, like I'm an asshole here, everybody, sorry, but that feels more authentic to me than like the, none of that exists. And all of a sudden at 14, you're blowing up. I'd probably be like, what's she been seeing on, on, you know, what she's been seeing on social media with a kid like that. They've never felt straight in their body, meaning they've never felt like it's fit. You got something to deal with there. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, and so, I, so I watched, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, but like I watched a couple of documentaries in the past week on Amazon, and I didn't do my proper research. I can't remember what the names of them are, uh, but I will get those for you, and I will uh, relay them in some capacity. Sure. But one of them was uh, actually, I think it was called, it was, I don't remember, but it was about it was about trans kids getting the uh, gender reassignment and the affirming surgeries that they needed. And about how that was really great for them, right? And about how they got him when they were younger, and it's really changed their life for the better. And it was great. And I was like, good for you. But they, the difference is, is that they all did it what I would call the right way. They did it in consultation with their parents, with right. their doctors, and with right. their therapists. Right. I saw another documentary which was clearly propaganda. I will admit it was clearly like right-wing propaganda. But it was a documentary oh, yeah. about kids who had gone through the process who had – bad results and i watched it i knew it was propaganda i knew it, but what wasn't inaccurate was that they it was i they did like they they were kids they went through these procedures they went through this stuff and they regret it and they wish they hadn't and they yeah. wish that someone an adult had stepped in and said maybe you don't need to do this so yeah. the film is propaganda but these stories are real this exists. Like there are kids out there who go through these surgeries and these transitions. And yeah, it may not be overwhelming numbers, but even if it's 5%, isn't that enough to say, maybe let's put some strictures in place to keep this from happening? Yeah, right. But hold on. This is where a trans rights activist will insert. Did you know that knee surgery has a higher rate of uh, of of being unhappy with the surgery? Than tr- it's just like, I get what you're saying. Five percent is a lot. Twenty and twenty. But, no, but, but the problem is, but yes. is, it's surgery that's sterilizing. That's the well, yeah. reason why. Well, no, no. Well, it's also n- trying to compare knee surgery. Yes. Like where you're basically fixing like a natural part of your body with with completely changing what nature brought you into this world with. Right. Are two very different things on right. a. On a on a practical level, on an existential level, like right. they're totally different things. So anybody who uses like comparisons like that, they know they're full of shit, but they yeah. just keep using it anyway. And it's like it's a very different thing. And like an adult who has a fucking knee surgery versus a kid who's six years old and says, you know, it's very different. <laughs> right, right. I, 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 I. I anyways, I, I hope that. Um... Oh, you know, you know me and you are we're we're full on turfs, right? I, I guess. I mean, you know I mean we would absolutely reason? be called turfs. Well, we would be called turfs, but and no, it's not if, accurate. But we'd if, be if, called if, turfs. if you've ever heard the actual turf, right? 
these women are very intelligent generally, at least the speakers for that movement. Yeah. And they go way farther than you and I go I, here. I, right. I, like yeah. they're 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 down to the they're they're now and it's weird because it wasn't as rough before. They're now getting down to the spot to where they're not giving anybody any quarter at all. Yeah. In other words, being if they're if they're expressing themselves as a gender that they're not very much so with male to female, that space for them i can understand why there's some anger there on both sides right because not only are the turfs being threatened being attacked uh, being run out of their jobs in england which is finally being returned overturned but now on the other side of it you know they just call them blokes right that's the yeah. the, the word for a male to female uh a, a transgendered individual is bloke and so they're straight up just calling them men now and so yeah. I don't think we're terse because no. we're not coming on here yeah. calling it calling it the anti blokes yeah. show and then showing pictures of transgendered uh, females. Whatever, it's weird. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with a very special section. So it's going to be a bit longer episode today. But you know Sorry. what? Get yeah. over it. We'll yeah. be back in a second. Streaming services got you down. Did they remove a TV series while you were in the middle of watching it? Did they delete a film that you previously paid for? Physical media is the answer to these problems, and the Disc Connected is your guide. Hi, I'm Ryan Verrill, creator of the Disc Connected, a podcast and YouTube channel dedicated to all things physical media, including 4K UHDs, Blu-rays, DVDs, and even VHS tapes. Each week, the Disc Connected releases an interview with an industry professional like director Sean Baker and hosts a live show with a guest to highlight all of the boutique physical media releases that were announced in the seven days prior. Following these announcements, the guest and host also discuss a topic in film. Previous topics have ranged from favorite films directed by a specific director to impactful films that are directed by women. You can find the Disconnected on the podcast service of your choice or on YouTube. I hope to see you in the live chat. We are back with the second half of Center Clueless. We're going to mix it up and do something that I've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. We have received some correspondence over wait, wait, the last. So I got I got to ask one question. You uh, seem to be you like you seem to make some type of noise to me, but I was sick when you did, so maybe I made it up and dreamed it. That it turns out we had a bunch of mail sitting in a box someplace. Is that like? Well, no, that was that was sort of what it was. Yeah, I had forgotten that I had set up our email address to go to a specific folder in my right. personal email. And all of a sudden I was scrolling down, cleaning up my email. And I was like, wait, yeah. I've got like five or six emails in here. What is this? And I was like, Oh, people have been actually reaching out with questions that I just haven't got gotten it. to. So, so sorry, there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to everybody. This took so long. So here we go. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I've singled it out. We're going to actually do six pieces of uh, mail. Some of them were the same. Some of them were not worth asking, frankly. No offense to anybody who doesn't hear theirs uh, read. But these are all pretty, nothing too crazy, I don't think. So we're going to start out with Liz from Los Angeles. Right. So this is an L.A. listener. Hi, Liz. Question is, what is the most furious any politician has ever made you? Mm -hmm. And I actually had time to think about this, so I'll go first while you go Eric first. thinks. Yeah. It's weird to say this, and in hindsight, I wouldn't feel this, but at the time, Al Gore. Why? When Al, when Al Gore 
bowed out of the election oh, in, 20, yeah. in 2000 or 2000, yeah. 2000 2001. Yeah. Because at that point, I was young. I was a kid. I was so gung-ho on Gore. I, I did not understand why this was happening. It was clear that this election was being stolen to me. And I got I was really upset that Gore just kind of gave it up. In hindsight, I look back on what he did, and I'm like, he actually kind of did the noble thing. He yeah, actually he took a bullet. bullet. Yeah, he took a bullet. Yeah, exactly. He sacrificed quite literally the greatest job or like the most powerful job in this country for the good of the country. And like, I don't know that we've seen that level of like nobility in politics ever since, frankly. Yeah. I, I mean, think, there, there have been flashes of it, but not like that. You're right. No. And to, so I, I was you. pissed off at the time, but I have come around on it, but that would be mine. I think. Yeah. You know, as I think through it and it may be because of the time, like it happened early on in my political awareness. Um, for me, it's going to be the final, couple years of Ronald Reagan. And that has to do with the Iran-Contra stuff. And at the time, it was so shockingly bad. And to me now still, honestly, I mean, they 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 not only they not only just lied, right? Yeah. But there were there were secret flights going back and forth. There's evidence that they made an okay, evidence and my opinion. Okay. So let's there's evidence and there's a, a political opinion out there that they even negotiated with Iran to keep uh, the, you know, the, the, the hostages in place till after Reagan became president, stuff like that, that just, man, yeah. he, he really brought like a modern hoop to, to politics and the stuff with Iran Contra with all of that, they traded weapons, right. You know, you know, with, uh, Traded, you know, they did the weapon trading in Iran, and ultimately also allowed people to sell crack, you know, to sell cocaine, right? Yeah. Rick Ross in L.A. Yeah. Um, Reagan was the one that made me the angriest, and to me, still, um, I think with his tax adjustments, like when he really, you know, he was one of the architects of lowering the tax for the top one percent, the top one tenth of one percent. I think that he's created a lot of the money crazy houses now nowadays because yeah. we're not allowed to tax that segment of society to help others. And I, I know that there are people that maybe even listen here that are anti-tax. I get it. But man, I can remember what it was like in, the, in 1980, and I know what it's like now. And it is more difficult now in some ways than it was in the 80s because money – it's not that money – is any less available? You can work and you can get a job and you can get money. Don't don't tell me you can't. That's bullshit. But the rich are a lot richer, yeah. and the rest of us are f much further down. And that is a big difference. And I blame Reagan, and I also blame lifestyles of the rich and famous. Sorry, but let's keep up. Reagan is for me. He enraged me the most. Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, this is actually a question just for me. <laughs> and it's from Jeremy from Birmingham. And I know actually three or four Jeremy's from Birmingham. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I know which Jeremy this was, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> so their question was, are you proud to be from the South? Hmm. Which is a complicated question. And sure. I was actually having a conversation with someone Friday night. We were playing a poker tournament and I was chatting with someone who was also from the South and we were talking mm -hmm. about that. It was like, am I proud to be from the South? And I hate to give like a waffling answer, but the answer really is sometimes like, right. 
I, I enjoyed growing up in the South. I'm glad that I am from the South. I am glad that I grew up there in the way that I grew up. Like, I have no regrets about any of that. But, you know, when I hear about Alabama and Governor Meemaw doing some bullshit, like trying to disenfranchise black voters, am I proud to be from the South? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't know how anybody... No, I can't imagine how anybody who is a who is a Democrat or liberal or progressive, whatever you want to call it, who is in the South, I don't know that anybody is fully proud to be from the South. Like you you can be to a certain level, but you also know that you're in a whole whole area of this country that is gonna be the last to do so much stuff. Right. Like I hear about all these things happening in all these countries like, oh, you know, Kansas voted against, you know, voted for abortion rights. And like all these other things, Alabama will never do that. Or if they right. do, they'll be this, the last or the second to last state to do it. And so the answer is, is like, yes, I'm proud to be from the South, but that answer could change drastically depending on the day you ask me. Right. But I mean, isn't there a core set of values outside of the racial space that that coexisted with this where there's a general consideration where people should be polite they should be is that am i just making uh, that up is that just you're not, you're not you're not making it up i mean it is it is in the south it is prevalent in the south but it's not as prevalent as like people make it out to be i mean yeah people in the south are are polite and nice if if they are if you are someone that they feel like they are supposed to be polite and nice too Right. right. Um, but so it exists. It's not made up, but it's not as prevalent as I think people like to make it out to be. It's not like, I mean, you know, most of Alabama, a majority of Alabama are hardworking country folks, straight up rednecks, virulent racists. <laughs> and they be like, I mean, that's, that's a large chunk of Alabama and, uh, and a large and chunk think, of most other states, I would, I would wager. You know, it's funny is the South gets a lot of stuff because just like England, just because of the accent. I mean, to be honest, oh, sure. I cannot fucking separate you from your accent in my mind. You oh, know that's what I mean? Okay. The second I hear your, your voice with that twinge, I mean, it, that's, a, that's a warm feeling for me. It's the So you're like what? absolutely a Southerner because of that fucking voice. Oh, it's, it's my so secret hard. weapon. That's why I didn't lose my voice. Like so many of my friends who moved to LA lost their accents. I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to use that as a weapon. Right, right. I mean, it was Bill. It was it was Bill Clinton's weapon. Motherfuckers oh, yeah. would underestimate him all the time. And, oh, I, yeah. and to be fair, people underestimated you at the agency when we worked together constantly. It was hilarious. Oh, sure. But you look at this like you, you think about like Southerners, like some of I mean, like some of the most brilliant people in the world have been from the South. Right. Like, like we don't breed idiots all only. Right. Like <laughs> there is like we don't like. You know, we we produce a lot of like. And I love the fact though that people hear my accent and they underestimate me. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It actually serves me well in job interviews and right. things like that. It, it always <laughs> serves me well, and so I. It was I all, love by the way, it was also funny when you're beating Malcolm at chess, and I would I would adopt a twang. Go, Bill Ray seems to be stomping you, boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Just be overloaded at that point because I think he also. That was the best part. That's the reason why he got so sandbagged. Just to re just to repeat the story, we have a, a gentleman that we know, Malcolm, um, and he's a lawyer. 
and he's a freaking he's ridiculously smart stupidly yeah. smart almost got a perfect score on whatever that legal the LSAT. just one of those yeah. guys right and so he sat down to play chess with billy ray and then i watched billy ray walk him down and he it was literally like that like the like the uh I don't know. It's not that like like that. There was like a Star Trek uh, episode where you know Captain Kirk confused the robots, and they're like going error, error, and that's what he was doing. He was doing the error thing, and I think part of it was is that you're. I'm not saying that you thought you were dumb. I'm saying that oh no, when you, you have that voice on you, it sits out there like this oh, yeah. shield. And, uh, anyways, it's hilarious. Well, no, um, another a good, a good recent example was so Friday I was playing in that poker tournament that I talked about. It was a poker tournament for our org, and it was about twelve players, not huge, but like. A few people. And I told I told my our president of our board who threw the tournament, I was like and I was doing it very humbly, but I was like no. I was like I was like, How many are playing? Blah blah blah. And I was like I was like, okay. I was like, okay, I was like, I think I can handle that. It was this whole thing is like, ah, he's like, we've got some hardcore poker players, they go to tournaments, they do this. I'm like, I'm like I'm like I'm like, that's fine. That's okay. I'm not worried about that. And so I show up and I'm doing the whole, and everybody of course is talking about the accent and talking about blah, blah, blah. And uh, I mean, and of You're course the first few, the first few hands, yeah. I'm like figuring people out. And I, I make a couple of dumb Shit. plays intentionally oh. to throw people off and like all this other stuff. In, in short, I won, obviously. You worked the uh, room. Yeah. I, I, and I was like, and then it would turn into this thing. And it was, he was like, he was like, He's like, I thought you were just bragging. I was like, I was like, no, like I put my, I paid for my, co- I, I paid for my life while going through college by playing poker tournaments. Like I, I know how to play. I was like, I'm not, I'm not a yokel. Like if I tell you, if I generally tell you I'm good at something and that you should be prepared for that, I'm not joking. I'm not actually, a yokel. <laughs> I am actually a fairly humble person. I will not claim to be good at a lot of stuff, but if it's something I'm good at and I want you to brace for it. You should probably listen to me. I'm not bullshitting you. (laughs) I'm not bullshitting you. All right. All right. It was just fun. It was fun. Anyhow, let's go to a question that applies to both of us. This is Darius from Evanston in uh, Chicago land. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, This is, uh, and boy, aren't we the two perfect people to answer this question? Why do you think the black community is slowly starting to drift more Republican? And do you think that is something that can be reversed? Got it. So I can actually hit this because I literally talk about this. I have a friend of mine. I can't even use his name because he can't let his political space be out there because he he serves a lot of a lot of very uh, um, liberal organizations that wouldn't be sure, happy sure. with his politics. Absolutely. But he's black, and it's funny because he wears blackness like a suit, right? Because he gets treated differently in very liberal socially you know social justice orgs he, and i'm not saying that he abuses them much like you did those poor people in the poker tournament but close right and his his statement to me is this that he's asserting that black men are generally more conservative anyways they hold very conservative values that the reason that they're not voting or at least in the past the reason they weren't voting for the republicans was as they felt that the republican party was where the most racists were right that they did not that that here's here's the game if the republican party at least the people in the republican party that 10, 15, maybe even 20% that still hold virulently racist views. And I know there's people out there who would say, no, it's less, whatever. 
from 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 him and and on by the way he talks to other secretly talks to other black conservatives it's going to get to a point to where you're going to see black men in mass not all of them right but 35 40% going to walk right into Trump's camp and the reason why is because they are conservative they are generally christian right yeah they are generally um and and the conservative black men I'm talking about, they're all men who have worked hard for a lot of their lives, right? And I'm not saying that others that are Democrats don't. I'm saying that this is the space that you're walking into. And I think much like a lot of people, they feel that the Democratic Party is walking away from them. And to a T, every conservative black man, I've talked to three individuals personally, they've said that they feel like the Democratic Party expects their vote like which is true which is true with that the democratic party doesn't have to do anything for their vote and i would ass i assert back to them usually that the biden administration has done a lot you know for the black community most blacks in government most black judges you know all the stuff that they're doing to 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 try to uh to right the ship in that space and they're like, yeah, okay but, but that's not what that's not what gets or at least in my mind what probably gets black men to the polls is not how right. many judges are black. Like, Correct. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that's the situation, right? Is because if you inherently have conservative values, but let's say you're still voting Democrat, right? Because right. Democrats are less racist and blah, 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 but you're voting for them because of that. So, and I'm not saying, I'm certainly not suggesting that racism, this is just me making an example. I'm not suggesting racism isn't real still, or it's obviously out there. But what I'm saying is, is that if you're a black person and this has been your your main reason for voting Democrat, then you have a black president. Right. And you have all these other things that happen that don't say that racism is over, but maybe make that not as important as a reason to vote for someone. Exactly. And then right. you have a party that you vote for who are you know, who are trying to change what gender means, who right. are trying to like do like who are trying to like silence free speech, who are like trying to do all of these things that could easily be enough for somebody to say, fuck this. I'm going to vote for this other party. They may right. there might be more racist per capita in this party, but they are more in line with my actual core political beliefs. Right. So the the, the in California, the anti-gay marriage bill that was voted on the highest percentage of the population that voted against it was black it was yeah. like in the 70s or 80s oh yeah <laughs> against look and so and so i'm not and by the way i don't agree with that whatsoever but the fact that these individuals don't feel like they're being heard like oh yeah you're here because you know those racist republicans now we're going to do this shit that you don't like that space isn't working what's also interesting is there's a just like by the way just like in whites but not as much in hispanics there's also a growing chasm between black men and black women right yeah i yeah. think it's a 10 or 11 percent i could be off on those numbers i apologize for him but i'm pretty sure it's between 10 maybe 12 percent difference in who they're voting for much like much like the white contingent of america i think that you're going to see I would I, I wouldn't be surprised to see thirty between thirty and forty percent of black men voting conservative from this point forward. Just like the Latinos, right? The Hispanics that have moved right. It's just something you got to deal with, and your policy has to reflect that. 
right? If your policy reflects multiple things that I don't want as a lefty, and then a righty shows up and says, I'll do these two terrible things here, but I'll do all the rest of the stuff over here that you want. You're going to start seeing people voting Republican again. Well, I would and you look at, Go ahead. No, no. Well, I was just going to say, and you, you talk about Hispanics, and I, I know this is a, wasn't the subject of the question, but still, you look at like Hispanic voters, and you talk about no one, no one is more anti illegal immigration than someone who has got here legally, right? At least not in my experience. You're like right. I had the to people do all that things. I know, yeah. yeah, the people that I know who came here and who are legal citizens. They abhor the idea of illegal immigration. But to be fair, they're usually the most conservative members of the Hispanic no, voting. Well, exactly. Well, that's right. what I'm saying. Is like, is like, I, I think we get confused sometimes, and it's like he feels like that we just expect. Their, Democrats do just expect the black vote, yeah. and that's a problem. And they don't feel like they have to work for it anymore. They, I, I don't know if it's like, well, we got a black president, we did our job. But like, it, I mean, that may be what it feels like to certain members of the black community because right. it's like, what I mean. What is, I mean, what, like, and the other thing too is like, I can tell you, at least the people that I know, the black friends that I have, when, when progressives were doing the whole defund the police thing. Oh yeah. They were like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Defund the police hurt communities of color the most. Absolutely. And it hurt communities of color and the communities of color didn't want it. Not, you know, not, not they, in a broad sense. Yeah, no. And you want, you want to know what's interesting is this. The defund the police movement, oh, and, and there was a study, and, I, and if, you, if you guys need me to, I'll, I'll go find it, that the study finalized. And it shows that it was, I think it was 12% less death from police, right? Which led to like, it was between 250 yeah. and 300 less black murder. But that the lack of police presence in black neighborhoods increased young black male death by 3,000. Yeah. So yeah. that's the problem with defund the police. It would have been better if you just said, you know what I mean? Humanize the police. Yeah. How about that would have worked? Because I'll tell you, yeah. in Burbank here, as an example, we had a, months ago, we had a guy show up in front of our house and he was in a van. And my, my wife and my child were leaving. I was, I, I, I was, oh, I, it's when I had my, it was in March when I had my stroke scare, yeah. right? Um, and this guy in his van starts screaming at the top of his lungs on the phone, but like losing his shit, spittle hitting the window. Bad. Yeah. I yeah. called the Burbank police. I said, hey, just want to let you know there's a guy losing his mind in the van out front. He's like, well, do you need us to come? Is that what you're calling for? And I said, well, no, what I'm calling you for is if and when this goes sideways, at least I called you. Just let you guys know. And so they showed up. But what they showed up with was an officer who was trained in intervention yeah, and she she talked the guy down. She talked to him for a few minutes, and then he drove away, and nothing bad happened. Like yeah. that is a good police interaction, and yeah. I, and it should be happening for people whether they're white, black, brown, or whatever. Well, it's so a three way good pr- police interaction. It's good for the cop. It's good for that guy in the van, and it's good for you who called right. and reported it. So right. it's like that's the difference. Like everybody had a good interaction there, right? And so I and guess like, my point is is just like you said, if you are saying defund the police, and this results in less, not only less police patrols, but less police interaction, less yeah. police contact. With Look, it's generally 
1% of the criminals, and, and no, it's 1% of the criminals do yeah. 60% of the crime. You need someone out there on the tip Alert. taking care of those people. And, and, and I'm going to say, and, and I'm going to say this too, and, th- and this, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but like this, I mean, a lot of people would get pissed off at this. I don't care, but like, I've just always been that, that type of person. And that's probably part of the way I was raised. Like I do treat police officers with a certain level of respect. I always have like if if they're in if they're behind me in a Starbucks line, I'll pay for their coffee. Like I'm that I'm that person. I'm like, why? Because it's a dangerous job. It's a job I damn sure don't want to do. And it's a job that if no one does it, we're going to go into fucking anarchy. So I do have a lot of I have appreciation for firefighters, too. Like I have appreciation for anybody who does a job that puts their life on the line when I am not man enough to do that job myself. Well, beyond, how, about, so, how about how about beyond that? Like, again, and I'm not saying that. Uh, look, I'm, let's not. I'm going to try not to turn this into a a a, a pro cop love fest. Well, no. But, look, there, let, I want to preface this by saying there are some bad cops out there. No, there absolutely are. There, there are bad everybody out there. Like, it doesn't matter what the profession is. There are bad actors in all of those professions. I'm not saying that police that police officers don't need to receive more training. I'm not saying that we don't need to demilitarize the police or that we don't need to, we need to do all of these things, but that's not the same as defunding the police. Right. And so in the case of black men, right, they're, they're broken down. uh, They're not broken down. They're, they no longer believe that it's within their best interests to vote for the democratic party. That's what I'm going to say. And that's, so how do you turn that around? The Democratic Party must push policy that helps the black community, which they are, right? They are right now, yeah. and has to respond to concerns within that community about some of the further left stuff. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you now, one of the biggest causes of danger for the Democratic Party right now is a no-holds-barred, no-question support of medicalizing children. For yeah. the sake of transgendered issues, yeah. absolutely, it's as we discussed earlier. It's something important that needs to be addressed and worked with with the parents, all of that. But yeah. if you're going to go ahead and give the authorities yet another cudgel to use against black parents, because let's be honest, if you believe in systemic racism, and in this space, I do. I think that blacks generally receive rougher treatment from social service people. And yeah. because of that, what you're actually doing with laws like this is giving those social service people a bigger cudgel to hit black people with. And it's just ridiculous. So I think that uh, I think that you're going to see conservative black men start to vote for conservative candidates. And if that conservative candidate hasn't been a fucking dirtbag racist, they won't have to hold their nose so much. And that's going to be a problem. How you get them back? Craft policy that brings them back. That's it. <clears throat> Okay, we're going to move on to the next question. Uh, this is Stott, spelled S-Z-H-T-A-T. So okay, I'm going to assume it's pronounced Stott from Seattle. So a local listener for me. Who is your political guilty pleasure? Can you go so first? I guess, you do the question. You go first. Yeah, so I guess that's my, my political guilty pleasure. Um, so I guess that's the Republican politician that I secretly like, uh, that I'm ashamed to say that I like. Well, I'll start off by the simple one because I am a- an objectifier of men. So I need to be very clear that my guilty no. pleasure on that front 
is oh god, I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh no. Well, it's our it's our wheelchair bound friend Madison Cawthorn. Really? From a, from a visual standpoint, I find him to be hot, but like in that hate fuckable way. Yeah. Like, but if I'm talking I, about the politician that I secretly <laughs> like, I, I I am a George W. Bush fan. Oh, really? Junior or senior? Uh, junior. Okay. Um, I I, I wasn't when he was in office. I'm like I'm oh, no. one of those people. Oh no, I he's wasn't absolutely when he was in matured. Office. He's he's matured oh, yeah. into something. But better. like, I know. and I know there's a whole contingent out there like war criminal, war criminal, blah blah blah. And I'm like, whatever. But like. The dude is clearly changed. I was like, I can think of another politician I'd rather go have like dinner with than George right. W. Bush. I, right. There's so much like, regardless of what you think about him, his presidency was filled with so much. It's almost hard to even wrap your head around at this point, like what right. he had to deal with as a president. That's not excusing right. the decisions he made. It just makes him a fascinating character to me. Because no, the, politics, the politics going on inside of his office too were terrible. Yeah, yeah, they were awful. But like, but yet he he got through it. He didn't make all terrible decisions. He did some good things in office, and like, and now he's kind of become like. And I guarantee you, he regrets some of the decisions he made. I guarantee you, he does. He's a different person now. Clearly, I guarantee you, he wouldn't do it the same way. And you know, I don't think he had the confidence then to be a leader. I think he had to rely on too many people, right. and now I think he has that confidence, and he would probably yeah. – I mean, and he's 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 grown into that confidence now. He did it, and like he was president for eight years, so of course he should have confidence, right? He right. made a lot of bad decisions. I still like George W. Bush. Yeah, he actually has one of the lines of, from the last few years where he was at the Trump uh, inauguration after his dinner. He's like, that was some weird shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because look, you look at someone like George, like Bush and Trump, and they're like radically different. Like George W. Bush is like mild mannered, and and like normal compared to Trump. Right. It's right. It's crazy to me. So who's yours, Eric? It, you know, it's funny, man. Is this one's hard because a guilty pleasure can mean so many things. And you did. You're doing the same thing. You got some sex based one, and you got, and and. I guess so the only politician that I'm involuntarily who I who I will like, oh, right, like that is AOC. Right. So if there's anybody that's like that for me, it's AOC. And I just what's worse is I then try to hate on her for being a lefty and I just can't. I'll yeah. watch what she, like, dude, I'll watch what she talks about and I get convinced and I'm like, are you getting just like you know, like a siren or something. What the fuck are you doing? But no, I, I, here's the thing. I think that she's going to mature into a strong, very strong center, pretty left, but she's not going to be a progressive. In 10 years, if she's still in politics, she'll have been beaten into a center left position. And the truth is, I think that she's got the charisma and the space to be president of the United States easily easily she just can't she's just got to get out of that group the group yep. that like thinks that money can grows on trees and you could just like print money like i've literally seen like socialist slash communists go well you just print more money and it's like you know you're like oh you have no idea how anything works and yeah. she's not that bad and in fact has been very i think she's 
moving along, right? And so she's actually my guilty pleasure. I generally am annoyed to shit by that version of Democrat right now, but not her. And what's worse is, even though she's said terrible things since then, things that I don't agree with, I just, I, what it is, is I feel like, I feel like I just want to talk to her. Like, don't you know? I mean, really? Like, which, of course, is old white guy trying to talk to this very intelligent. And by the way, if you've seen her, and you have seen her in Congress, very powerful congressional person, right? She, as a congressperson, she is amazing for her district. I, people are going, dude, I, got, I know that I got like five conservative guys coming at my ass for this one, but I'm still impressed by her. I don't talk about her much because I don't want to get yelled at by anybody. And that's my guilty pleasure. AOC. Um, final question. Okay. <laughs> what is one good thing that you can say about Donald Trump? Oh, I got that. That's easy. That's easy. Um, for me, and what's funny is someone told me this. I want to be clear that I was informed about this. I did not oh, wait, let me Hold on. Hold on. Let me say this really quick, too. This is Grace yeah. Ann from Los Angeles who asked that All question. Right, All right, Grace Ann. Here we go. Trump strengthened uh, support from the federal government for, H for H HBCUs, right? He did that. He also changed the, uh, the, 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 uh, the uh, punishment for crack cocaine, right? Back down to where it matches powder cocaine. Just those two things. You can't pretend that him doing that for the black community wasn't, I mean, maybe it was for politics, but Trump changed the funding for, for H, and maybe watch, watch, you're going to find out that I'm stupid. Um, yes, I believe I, I did do that correct. Terminate the commitment of 255 million in annual funding for historically black colleges and universities and increased funding for the future Pell Grant program signing by the Future Act. That, as well as his uh, reclassification of crack cocaine, so that it is more, so that it's, I, I believe, equal with, the, with, the, with the, the, the stuff that you get for having powder cocaine. Those two things alone. Wow. Okay. Um, mine, I guess, would be. I, I had, can't find him a lot, but I'll say this. He cracked down on robocalling. He did. That's right. That's he, right. He cracked he down did. on robocalling, yes. and I think that's a good thing. And I will also say he he also uh, he also states being able to legalize marijuana had a had a bit of a he had a bit of a hand in that as well. Yep. And I'll give him credit for that as well. So I'll say robocalling oh. and legalizing marijuana. I, I'll give him credit for something right now. The fact that he refuses to tow the abortion line for the Republican Party. He's just throwing wrenches into their shit over and yeah. over. Looking yeah. for an acceptable and by the way, honestly Someone in his org, or he, is very smart that the national acceptance for abortion, if you had to put a time on it, sits between 16 and 20 weeks, okay? Yeah. Meaning that I would, look, I'm going to say it, I would fully support a, look, I, first of all, let me just say, I think that that uh, rights should be unfettered and women should be able to make that choice to their doctors and fuck off. But if we're going to have to make a deal to live with the crazies in our country, I would accept unfettered to 20 weeks and beyond that for specific medical issues like brains being crushed, encephalitis, uh, spina bifida, all that shit. Um, and so he's literally seeing me, right? I would actually yeah. accept that. And 
I think it's in the uh, in the 70% range, which, except yeah. something like that. And that would put us just, if it was 20 weeks, it would put us just a little bit further outside most European countries, right? You had 16 weeks generally, right? And that's yeah. been classic. So him doing that currently is, yeah, that's pretty good. And I'm glad he's doing it. I'd argue that if Trump changed his political party to Democrat, if he decided to just completely, because everybody's always joked that he's actually a Democrat and is just playing a role. Like if he actually just switched back and went full Democrat, he'd win in a landslide. You think? I think he would. I think he'd win in a landslide because some of his supporters would still support him. And there'd be some on the Democratic side that would be like, oh, wait, okay, come on over. Yeah, like if he he not just changed parties, but like he he reversed, like he's like, and you know what? Because the Republicans didn't support me, I'm going to start yep. putting in Democratic judges. Oh, it would be over. Oh yeah, it would be, be over. over. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's crazy, dude. That's a, that's actually a, I can't believe you said that. That's crazy because you're maybe you're right, and that's terrible. Yep. Jesus. Well, uh, that's the end of the grab bag this week. We'll come back uh, in another. We'll probably start doing grab bags once a quarter or something. So we'll do it again when we have enough to actually fill up a half of an episode. It'd be nice to do it monthly, but let's let's get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Um, Center Clueless Podcast is produced by Ryan Verrill. Hey, Ryan. You can visit us at centerclueless.com for more information or find us on the socials at Center Clueless. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and tell your friends to tune in. If you have a question, comment, or criticism, like the ones you just heard, which were mostly questions, you can email us at centerclueless at gmail.com, and we will include you in the next grab bag segment. So please do that. And until next time, whether you're left, right, somewhere in the middle, or doing crack cocaine but worried that you're going to get a different sentence than the powdered cocaine users that you call (laughs) friends, we hope you're somewhere... I I've, I've oh, fucked no. up my ending line. Oh, no. I fucked it for the first time it's ever. A, so whether okay. you're left, right, somewhere in the center, or fucking up written text like I just did, we hope you're a little less clueless, just like us. <laughs> <laughs>